Well, how's everybody doing today? You guys good? Awesome, awesome. Hey, I want to welcome those of you that's your first time checking out Elevate Church. We're starting a brand new series today. So it has that, that brand new series smell called Don't Be a Jerk Face. Now, real quick, don't look at them if they're sitting next to you. We all have jerk faces that we have to deal with in our life, but the reality is a lot of us can be that jerk face to others as well. So over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about how we cope with and how we manage the difficult people that are in our life. And we really need God's help as we kind of navigate all the crazy makers that are in our life. So if you could pray with me, uh, God, thank you so much that your word has so much to say. Give us strength as we as we talk about kind of the crazies and the difficult people that are in our life, people that we dearly love and care about uh, that can cause pain and struggle. And if we are all honest today, we can be those people sometimes as well. So I pray, God, that through your word, you can open up our hearts and our minds and help us with the crazy makers. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. How many of you feel like you got all the crazy people in your life, in just your life? Come on, come on. Just be honest. Uh, in fact, right now, why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm so glad you're here today because you need this. Go ahead, let them know that they need this. You can fire back at them and say, he's not talking about me, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. Our uh, kind of foundational text uh, for this series is found in 2 Timothy. Chapter 2, verse 23, Paul is telling Timothy, his, his young kind of spiritual son in the faith, he's saying, again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Doesn't it feel like sometimes the, the jerk faces, the crazy makers in our life just want to start stuff? They just want to start fights, just want to provoke us uh, in different ways. He says, don't do that. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel. You shouldn't do that, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with the jerk faces. This is difficult people. This is Paul telling Timothy, hey, you're going to have people in your life that are going to be hard to get along with. And so he kind of says how we cope. He says, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. And perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. Don't miss that. He has a role in all of this for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. I came across this verse and it was almost like I gave God an applause. I'm like, thank you, God, that you understand what we are dealing with, right? That you understand that there are crazy, difficult people in this world, that your word is relevant enough that it understands what we are going through, that there are jerk faces that we have to deal with. Max Lucado says this, I love it. Some people have been called to be missionaries of misery, sent into our world to create havoc. How many of you got a missionary? Come on. You got a missionary that's been sent into your world to create havoc? Uh, the, the, the goal is, how do we cope with it then? How do we wrestle? What makes a, a jerk face a jerk face? Is there a jerk face genome, right? Is there, what is the DNA of a, of a jerk face? Because it's going to help us understand how to better navigate those relationships. But here's the reality, and here's where we're going over the next several weeks. It's going to help us understand when we are the ones that are being difficult. Because we all have a role to play 
in this. In fact, we need to first understand why there are jerk faces in the world. Let me give you two reasons. One is we live in a broken world. Like we live in a fallen, broken world where none of us are perfect. In fact, Romans 3.23 says, for all of us have sinned and we all fall short of the glorious standard, right, that God has given. So, so all of us uh, can be jerk faces from time to time. You may not know it. You may not realize it, right? But you can be a jerk face too. Shh, I won't tell anybody. So we have to understand that, that we're all sinners and it's a product of this, this broken world that we live in, but also... Another reason there are jerk faces is because I don't think there is anything that our spiritual enemy likes to attack more than relationships. There is an all-out assault against relationships. In fact, write that down. Relationships are under attack. That's another reason. Why, Colby? Because relationships give us life. Like we were created for relationship. I don't know if you realize that or not, but that's why we marry. That's why we have children. That's why we work together. That's why we come together today in community, to be in relationship with each other. God created us to be in a relationship with him. So no wonder the enemy wants to launch an all-out assault against relationships, against something that God created us for in the first place, because relationships can be a source of great joy. How many of you know that? Like great joy in our life, but also they can be a source of great pain, a source of great, great struggle and strife in our life as well, and, and great conflict. And how we navigate that conflict really uh, is more important than the resolution of it. In other words, the way that we handle the difficult people in our lives is often more important than, than finding a, a resolution. Because a lot of times what happens is we get caught up in what they did or what they said to us, what makes them a jerk face, and we neglect like the, the heart behind it, the reason they are the way they are. We get caught up in the symptoms of it. And can I tell you something? Jesus never got caught up in the symptoms. He never got kind of connected to that stuff. He always went to the root of the problem. You and I, we just deal with the fruit of it. We deal with the fruit of the sin, of the fallen, broken world that we're in, the angry maker, the, the crazy makers in our life. But Jesus never got caught up in the fruit of it. He always went to the root of it. And so what I thought I would do that would be fun is I, I thought about uh, making a list of all the jerk faces in my life. Not their names, the types, all right? I'm not going to give you the names uh, of the jerk faces in my life, but I want to share with you the types of jerk faces in my life. And the reality is all of us can be these at some point or another. For me, I'm just not pulling these out of the, the blue. I've been all of these at one point or another in my life. Uh, first of all, maybe you can uh, see yourself in some of these. We have uh, the bull, all right? He's the bully, the bully is a jerk face. The bully likes to lead by intimidation. He likes to control through intimidation. The bull is the guy that says, I'm right and you're wrong. Like you don't get an opinion. You don't have a thought, right? It's just my way or the highway. Anybody know any bullies? Come on, it's all right, you can play along. Yeah, it's a bully. Like if you're in a relationship where you feel intimidated all the time, it could be that that's a bully. That's a, that's a jerk face. Another one is I like, I like uh, this one right here. Maybe you know this, this, this jerk face, the chatterbox. Knowing chatterboxes that will talk you to death, right? That just won't stop talking. It's like, 
would you shut up? You know, I'll do whatever you want. Just shut up. They will talk you into submission. Anybody know any chatterboxes? All right, they're a jerk face. Come on, they're a jerk face. Uh, or how about, oh, still, still talking in there. Or the balloon popper. This is the person that no matter what's going on, they're a glasses half empty kind of person. You could say, man, it's a beautiful day outside. They'll be like, yeah, but it's going to rain tomorrow. Like everything's bad, it's always bad. Hey, my daughter did so great at her dance recital. Yeah, but her to toes weren't pointed or, or whatever, right? They're, they're a balloon popper, so you say anything and they're like, pop that balloon, right? Come on, and then, uh, oh, I love this one. How about the, the, the jack in the box? This is the person that everything looks good on the outside. Everything sounds good. They might even be nice. They might even be friendly. And all of a sudden, it's just like, boom, right? They just kind of explode. They just erupt. The jack-in-the-box is a ticking time bomb, right? They're like a grenade that's about to go off. Anybody know any jack-in-the-boxes, right? They just hold it in. They hold it in. They hold it in until all of a sudden, just boom, they just blow up. Or uh, how about this person? This is the Wonder Woman. Now, it doesn't seem like it, but the Wonder Woman's a jerk face. This is, this is the woman that, you know, today, like she would say, hey, I got up today. She's perfect. Her kids are perfect. Family's perfect. She'd say, man, I woke up at 4.30 this morning, and I already made butter and knitted a dress, and I ran a, a marathon while pushing a stroller, and I finished my PhD in physics. It's kind of like, what did you do today? And I'm like, I could barely get my kids to church today. Get up out of my face, right? That's the Wonder Woman. She is a jerk face. She's perfect. How many of you know this one? The clam. They will manipulate you with the mute button. It's like they won't say anything. So you try to get something out of them. It's like, hey, you know, what do you feel about this? Can we, can we talk about this? And it's like, like nothing. It's like, man, just say something, right? The clam, they're, they're a jerk face. Or I love this one. This is the, the detective, the inspector. They are perfectionists, you know, to, to a fault. This is the person that nothing you do is right. Everything, they're critical. They're looking for the tiniest error in everything that you do. They are the, the detective. They are the, the investigator. They're the jerk face. Or uh, how about this one? The squeaky wheel. Anybody know any squeaky wheels? It's not really squeaking. I, I did that. But there's a squeaky wheel. And they will just complain and complain and complain, right, in order to control, in order to dominate. They're the squeaky wheel. Um, or I love this one, the portable hard drive. This is the person that you thought you were done with something. You thought you were over it, right? Something that happened, you know, a week ago, a month ago, or a year ago. And they're like, uh-uh, click, click. And they pull it up on their file. Remember this? And like, it doesn't matter. They just carry it around with them wherever they go. This is the person that was like, hey, you don't remember that back in 1996, we were at the Wilson's house for New Year's Eve and you ate the last pepperoni ball and I'm wounded because you didn't share with me. Portable hard drive. They are jerk faces like, dang, like how much storage you got on that thing? They're like six terabytes. You know, I got all the storage I need. They keep records of everything that you did wrong. They are a, a jerk face. Or how about this one? The devil's advocate. The devil's advocate is a numero uno jerk face. And you know the devil's advocate because they announce themselves. They say things like, well, if I could just play the devil's advocate for a moment, <laughs> right? Don't they? 
And there's two things wrong with the devil's advocate. I hate the devil's advocate. I don't hate. I despise. I don't despise. I dislike the devil's advocate because the devil's advocate, first of all, the devil doesn't need an advocate. You know what advocate means? It means champion. It means promoter, supporter. It'd be like you saying, if I could just be the, the devil's champion for a moment, don't do that. The second thing I really don't like about the devil's advocate is because when someone says they're the devil's advocate or wants to be the devil's advocate, what they're doing is they're absolving themselves from what they're about to say, but at the same time keeping, and I told you so, in their back pocket in case uh, what the consensus decides happens to fail. Like they are a jerk face. They're a jerk face. Let me give you one more. Uh, That's the one upper. You know any one uppers? That's the person that could say, you know what, man, it's a, it's a, I'm having a great day today. I'm just, everything's going my way. And they'd be like, no, well, my day's a lot better than your day. (laughs) Or I I ran the beast on the bay yesterday. You know, I did pretty well, which I did, by the way, ran the beast with our, our staff here. Like, like, come on. Yeah. Man, we had a great time. We finished, you know, in like three hours-ish. They're like, yeah, well, I ran it in 16 minutes, you know, or whatever. Like, they always want to one-up you. Man, we had a great, we, we did a staycation at home. Just kind of hung out with the family, went to Waldemere. It was awesome. Yeah, well, we went to Ireland, you know, or whatever it is. It's kind of like the one-upper, the one-upper. The difficult thing is we have all these different kinds of jerk faces in our life, and they all see life through different lenses, because of hurt, because of things that have been in their past, then they see life differently, and it, and it makes them the way that they are. They could, uh, get, let me give you a few examples. You could, they, some see life through the lenses of magnification, <laughs> where everything is amplified. Everything is a big deal, right? Like, like everything, even the smallest things, have potential to be big things because they've been hurt. And now they filter everything through that past hurt, that past pain that's been in their life. It was about a month ago that Kristen was driving up Peach Street, stopped at a light, uh, turning into whatever that, I think, Keystone Drive or whatever it is, going in towards Panera, all that kind of stuff back there. And she, like, ever so slightly, like, so slightly, she didn't even realize it, bumped the person in front of her. And this lady gets out of her car, comes around to her window. We have our two-year-old, like, in the back. And she, like, swears Kristen up one side, down the other. Like, you this, this, that, that, that. Get out of your car. I'm going to beat your, like, like, Kristen was, like, mortified. She was in tears. She's like, I'm not going to fight you. You know, I didn't, I didn't even know I hit you. She called my wife a drunk. Like, all this kind of stuff. But come to find out, listen, her daughter had been killed by a drunk driver. And she was looking at life through the lens of magnification, through things that had happened to her in her past. So everything was amplified. Everything was, was, was out, of, out of whack. Or, or some people, they approach life through the lens of layers. These are the people that are like, hey, I thought we already talked about that. Yeah, we did, but I got some more I want to talk to you about. And it's kind of like they peel back layers and layers and layers. Like, you, you know who these people are. Well, then now are we done? No, I got some more I need to say to you, right? And so it's kind of like they're continually peeling back layers, getting to other things in their life, some bitterness that they've been holding on to. Or one more, these are fun right here. In fact, I think all of us can be these at some point. These are, it's all about me, lenses. Check me out. It's all about me. You know, it's whatever I want to do. You know, I'm selfish. It's prideful. 
It was kind of all, in fact, if you're ever having a bad day, you should just throw these things on right here, all right? These are just fun. But the thing is, there are all these different kinds of jerk faces in our life that we have to wrestle with and, and manage, and they all see life through these different lenses. And so it, it, it makes them the way that they are, and we do it too. We are the jerks. So here's the question. How do we manage it? Like, what do we do? Because you and I, we have a choice of how we respond to the jerk faces in our life. Do you know that? You have a choice. In fact, we usually do one of four things. We either curse it, which is you bully me, I'm going to bully you. You say some things about me, I'm going to say some things about you. You keep a record of wrongs and a hard drive on me, I'm going to keep it on you. It's kind of like we fire back at them. We, we can curse it. Or a lot of times what happens is we nurse it. That hurt, that pain, we coddle it. We hold on to it. It's just who we are now. We play the victim card, which, by the way, you will never walk in victory if you're always going to be the victim in life, right? And so we, we, we can nurse it. We hold on to it. Or we rehearse it, which is just replaying it over and over and over the past offense, just planting that, that seed of bitterness deeper and deeper into our heart and to our soul. But the goal, and this is what we're going to talk about, and that is to reverse it. How do we reverse it? How do we reverse kind of the, the way we interact with the difficult people in our, our life? So that's what we're going to talk about over the next several weeks. In fact, we're going to talk about anger. We're going to talk about uh, forgiveness. We're going to talk about attitude just in general. And we're going to put this thing on slow cook. We're going to take our time with it. And here's why. Because relationships are tough. They're tough. Like there's nothing like relationships, again, to cause great joy, but it can also cause some deep wound in our lives. So we need God's help as we face the jerk faces in our life. In fact, that's a title for today, if you want to jot down the title of this message, and that is Facing Jerk Faces, Facing Jerk Faces. And I'm going to roll through these. Today is going to be kind of like a high level of where we're going. I'm going to give you six things that we should understand about jerk faces. And the first is this, jot it down, you can't please everyone. Like, you should know that. Like, in our desire to say, hey, I'm going to reverse this. I'm going I'm to make sure that person, you know, turns that frown upside down. You know, I'm going to make sure our relationship is going to be good. Everything's going to be better. You should understand you can't please everyone. You can't, you can't determine for them how they're going to respond to you wanting to reverse it to make the relationship better. John 5.30 Jesus said, by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just for, don't miss this, I seek not to please myself, but to please him who sent me, to please God. Jesus decided my goal is not to please you, is not to make you happy, is not to just make everything okay between you and me. My, my ultimate goal is to please God. And if we could just get that, that our goal is not to please other people, but it's to please God. And we don't please God, by the way, by being perfectionists. We please God with obedience, by treating people the way he wants us to treat them. That ultimately, I can't please everyone, but I can please God. See, I know in my own life, and I think it's a pastor disease, a preacher disease, I don't know. Like, I want people to be happy. I want to please people. Like, I, it's like, why can't we just all get along? Why can't we just love each other Right? But people pleasers can be so confusing. It can be tough. It can be a challenge. It's, it's really hard to even 
happen and not possible, but pleasing God, that's a different story. Like we can please God through our obedience. Now, that doesn't give anyone an excuse in this room to be rude to people who have been rude to you, to people who have been jerks to you. You can't say, all right, well, I can't please you anyway. You know, just forget you. But here's what it does. It frees you up to say, hey, at the end of the day, I've done everything I can do. I feel like I'm not holding on to this. I'm, I'm gonna reverse it. I'm gonna love you. Like, I feel like I've done everything I can do. If I can't please you, that's not my goal ultimately is to please God, to please God. So first of all, understand as we talk over the next few weeks, you can't please everyone. It just is not possible. The second thing, write this down, don't play the game. Like, don't get involved in the game. Don't stoop to their, their level. In other words, don't take the bait that's put in, been put out there. John 2, 24 says this, but Jesus did not trust them because he knew about all people. Listen, don't get involved in everything. Like, there is sin in this world, right? We live in a broken, sinful world. All of us have fallen short. Jesus knew that, so he didn't get involved in the untruth, in the lies, in the anger. He didn't get involved in that. He didn't allow himself to get caught up in the quicksand. And it's so easy for us to get caught up in the quicksand of crazy in this world, is it not? in the workplace, around the water cooler with all the gossip that, that happens and, and this talk about him or talk about her in our marriages. We can get caught up in the quicksand uh, of, of crazy. You hurt me, I'm gonna hurt you. And it can be the cycle of over and over in our schools. The worst place though, you know this, that we can get caught up in the quicksand of crazy is on the internet, social media. Come on, somebody. Because somebody can post whatever they want, and boom, you're just going to fire right back at them. Like, don't do that. See, a lot of times somebody posts a comment, you know, and you're just like, oh, you, I see what you posted. You know, I got a comment for you. In fact, I got seven comments for you. You know, here I go. Can I tell you something? When you've done that, you've taken the bait. You've taken the bait. You've gotten caught up in the, the crazy. You, you've, you've played the game. What you're doing is you're allowing the spiritual enemy to come in and divide. And he wants to divide those relationships. Don't play the game. Don't play the game. Here's the third thing we need to know is rise above it. Rise above it. Like the best thing to do is decide I can't please everyone. I, I'm only going to please God. I'm going to focus on that. I'm not engaging in the game. And then ultimately, man, I'm going to elevate above all this. I'm going to rise above it. I'm going to take the high road. Proverbs 19.11 says this, a person's wisdom yields patience. And it is to one's own glory, glory to overlook an offense. Now, some of you might say, yeah, but you don't know what's happened to me. Like, you don't know how bad I've, I've been hurt, how bad, bad I've been wounded. I don't know, but I do know it's a person's wisdom that yields to patience. And it's to your glory to overlook the offense. You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is the art of knowing what to overlook. That's what it is. It's the art of knowing, like, like not to sweat the small stuff, what hill to die on. That's wisdom. I love Isaiah 40, 31. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles, right? And they'll just rise above it. They'll soar above it. See, when you get caught up in the, the craziness of everything and the, the jealousy or the envy or the malice or the anger or whatever it is, and you start to, to play that game, like in the, in the storms of all those things, all you see in the middle of it is the storms of it. But if you'll just rise up 
If you just fly like eagles right above all of it. Listen, I heard somebody say, you can't, you can't soar with the eagles if you're hanging with the turkeys. Like, stop doing that. Let's rise above it. Let's elevate above it. Let's take the high road. Here's the fourth thing. This is where it starts to get a little bit more difficult. This is tough. Payback with blessing. Payback with blessing. First Peter says it clearly. Verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 9, don't repay evil for evil. Like what you think is evil, don't repay that for evil, but don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. How many of you know that's a lot easier to read than it is to live out? Because when someone insults you, what do you want to do? You want to fire back at them. When someone is, is uh, mean to you, you want to be mean right back to them. But it, it, it doesn't stop there. Because there's another part of it. It says, I especially don't like this part. Don't do that instead. It's like, why, why couldn't we just stop before, right? Why does there have to be an instead in here? Instead, pay them back with a blessing. It's like, what? Because oftentimes I want to pay people back uh, with a karate chop, you know, to the throat, not with a blessing. He says, don't, don't do that. Pay them back with a blessing. Wait, Colby, do you mean... When somebody hurts me and is mean to me, like I have to bless them back, I can't be mean back to them? No. And can I tell you something? We make a huge mistake when we focus on what that person did or what that person said, and we ignore the reason that they did it or said it. We ignore the feeling, the emotion behind it. A lot of times, uh, you know, I've heard people say, it, well, I feel this way, I feel this way or that way. And we'll say, you don't feel that way. Like just kind of argue the way they're feeling. Like that will never go well for you, by the way. Like if your wife says to you, I don't, I don't feel pretty today, not a good response is, well, don't, don't feel that way. That doesn't work. It never works. But we, we make a huge mistake when we just focus on, on that without remembering right, the way they feel, the emotions behind it, the lenses that they have on that they're seeing life through. His feelings aren't necessarily right or wrong. They're, they're just feelings. You try to convince someone what, that what they're feeling isn't right. I promise you that doesn't go well. It says instead, though, pay back with blessing. Here's why this is so hard. Our flesh wants to respond to offenses in our life with an equal or greater offense back, does it not? Like we, that's the way we want to respond back. Hey, you were a jerk face to me. I want to be a total jerk face back to you. And so we do this in our marriages. You know, hurt people hurt people. You've heard that. Uh, we do this in our, our workplaces. We do this with our, our family in the school. We do this in life in general. You get at me, you know, I'm going to get at you. But God says never retaliate evil for evil, insult for evil, insult. Instead, pay back with blessing. And can I tell you something? The reason or, or what unkind people need, they need massive doses of kindness. That's what they need. Because when someone is unkind to you, when someone is mean to you or angry with you, what they are doing is they are screaming to the world that I am in pain. And I'm looking at life through a different set of lenses. And this is all the, the way I know how to respond. When someone was unkind to my wife, they were screaming about the pain that they experienced in the past. And so they need, they need massive Massive doses of kindness back to them. In fact, if anybody uh, had justification for retaliation, it was Jesus, was it not? Who was persecuted, 
who was crucified. Like if anyone could retaliate, like, like Jesus had all the right in the world to say, all right, you guys gonna persecute me? Right, well, all of a sudden, poof, all of you are mice. I don't know if it works this way, but if it did, it just said, poof, all of you my, mice. And by the way, all your wives are cats. Good luck, you know, have fun. <laughs> like if anyone could have done that, it would have been Jesus who was beaten, who was, who was crucified, who had nails driven through his, his wrist. But what did he say? He said, God, don't hold it against them. Put it on me. Put it on me. What a savior we have that would respond that way. Listen, that should be our example. That should be our, our model. When people are persecuting us, we pay them back with blessing. We love them. We love them through it. Here's number five, and that is pray for them. Like release them to God. Because ultimately, you should realize this, most people you will never fix. And you can't, by the way, but only, only God. Only God can change your heart. Only God can do something in their life from the, the inside out, which is what many of us need. And so our goal is to pray for them, take them to God to say, God, ultimately, I'm not going to get involved in the craziness. I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going to you know, take responsibility for the way they respond to this. I'm not going to try to please them, but I am going to pray for them. I commit to praying for them. Matthew 5.44 says, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who agree with you. Doesn't say that. Pray for those who like you. Pray for those who compliment you. Pray for those who are on your side. It, does, it says pray for those who persecute you. You know what that means? That don't like you. That are against you. Who look down their nose at you. Have you ever had anybody look down their nose at you? Come on. It's like, you looking at me? Are you looking at me? He says pray for those people. They say all kinds of bad things about you. Evil things, pray for them. What a challenge from God to give them to God, to extend that same grace to them. Here's what I'm learning. It's really hard to be a jerk to someone I'm praying for. It's really hard for me to do that because when I pray for them, I see them differently because oftentimes the flesh wants to respond back, you know, with a text or an email, you persecute me, and here's why this is wrong, and blah, 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 and just kind of just fired it back at them. But when I take time to commit to praying for them, man, I begin to see the lenses that they see life through. I begin to understand some of the past hurt that they have in their life that's, that's making them respond the way that they are. Some of the, the layers you know, the, of bitterness that they have, some of the pride that's in their own heart and in their own life. So when I pray for them, I see them differently. You know what else when I pray for them? I, I begin to remember the grace that I've been given so I can extend the same grace back to them. Can I tell you something? Um, praying for that person might not change them. It probably won't, but it will change you. It will change you. It will change the way that you, you see them. So commit, commit to praying for them. Here's, here's the last one I want to give you. And that is uh, live peacefully. Live peacefully. I love this last verse. Romans 12, 17 through 18 says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Here's what I know. It's difficult to manage the relationships that we have uh, with challenging people in our life. It's, it causes a lot of dysfunction and stress in our families. 
um, to deal with the people that just suck the joy right out of life. But when I remember, when I remember how much God has forgiven me and all that he's given, forgiven me of and for, uh, it changes that. It's, it's easier. It's easier to pray for them. It's easier to live peacefully with them. It was probably, I don't know, a couple years ago uh, that I was really upset at some people for some things that they'd said about me, about my family, and, and it was just kind of, it was nasty. And I remember saying, all right, well, I'm a good Christian. You know, I know what I should do. I, I should pray for them. Those that persecute me, I should, I should pray for them. So God, I, I pray for them. And um, you, you know how we do sometimes? We'll just say, God, I pray for them. And I think sometimes God is like, well, okay, pray for them. No, no, what I'm saying is, God, I, I pray for them. You know, I'm just praying for them. <laughs> well, okay, pray for them. If you get to that place where you start to pray for that person, pray for things that are going on in their life and in their heart. And the reason I, I was at that place of understanding that I really hadn't done that is because as I would seek God, it was almost like the, the heavens were just a little bit harder. You know what I'm talking about? If you've ever been praying to God, it just feels like it's just empty words. Anybody feel that way? Come on, let's be honest. This church, you ever feel like it's just empty words and I'm just, I just can't reach God, I can't reach heaven. I don't feel like there's any response, any give and take. Coming back, I was in that place. And what I understood, and God spoke to my heart and said, it's just that seed of discord that you've never really given that up. You've never really forgiven that person, and this is what he told me, he said, Colby, you will never have to forgive them for more than what I've forgiven you for. And so why on earth would you close your arms to someone who I've extended my arms to and loved unconditionally and died on the cross for? And if you can just see those people that are difficult in your life, that say nasty things or, or whatever, you know, that they're just and just hating on you, if you could just see them through the lenses of Christ who gave his life up for them, I promise you, I promise you, it's gonna change, start to change that relationship. And if nothing else, it's gonna start to change you. So let's do this. Would you bow your head, close your eyes. I want us to commit over the next few weeks like to being here because I believe that God is going to heal some relationships that are broken, some seeds of unforgiveness and bitterness that we carry, some offenses that, that we've held on to between us and others. I believe that God wants to set us free because ultimately it's not affecting them. It's affecting you. It's affecting me. And God doesn't want us to live that way. He wants us to know that we, we can't please everyone. And we need to stop playing the game, that we need to rise above all that, that we need to pray for them, release them to God, that we need to pay them back with a blessing. And here's what I believe with all my heart, we're going to get there as we allow God to move in our lives. So we all have those people in our mind right now. And the reality is some of us are those people that we need to forgive and be forgiven. And so God, we, we ask that you begin to soften our hearts God, we ask for uh, conviction, that you would help us to point out those areas in our life, God, that we need to change, that we need to begin the process of mending something that's been broken, 
as we deal with difficult people in our life. And I pray, God, that you give all of us spiritual eyes to see people the way that you see them. A God that so loved every single one, that he wanted to have a relationship with us, that he sent Jesus to die for us, and that we'll never have to forgive anyone more than what Christ has forgiven us for. And so I pray that we begin to extend that love and that grace and that mercy to the world around us that you've extended so freely to each one of us. And while we're praying, every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're here today and you've never received that free gift of forgiveness and grace and mercy that Jesus died for on the cross because God sent his son Jesus to pay for the the sins of the world, knowing that we're broken, knowing that life is difficult apart from him, that we can't do this on our own. And some of you are still fighting that, doing it on your own. And maybe you understand for the first time that God so loved you that he didn't want you to die in your sin, that the wages of our sin, God's word says, is death. And the worst thing in the world to do is to to pay for our sin and separation from God for eternity when they've already been paid for through his son, Jesus, who gave his life on the cross so that we could be saved. And maybe this is why you're here, because you know that forgiveness starts with the forgiveness that you need to receive through Christ, that he so loved you. The way we do that is through prayer. In a moment, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer that does that. I'm just gonna give you some language, but you can use your own words. A prayer that just gives our life and surrenders it and believes that Jesus died for all of our sins. If you'd say, Colby, when you pray that prayer today, this is why I'm here. I'm praying it right along with you. Would you just be bold right now? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just raise your hand wherever you are. I wanna see who I'm praying with today. Awesome, 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 awesome. Hands up everywhere. God bless you all. God bless you all. You can put your hands down. Just say something like this in your heart. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my my brokenness. Forgive me of all my past mistakes, the things that I've done wrong. I know that you died for all of it so that I could live in freedom from it. So Jesus, right here and right now, I confess you as Lord. Just let him know that you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I believe that God raised you from the dead, and you are now raising me into a new life with Christ. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, you guys, celebrate with those today.